Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Hi, welcome back to God's Word Gives Hope podcast. I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. Well, I am so excited to dive into our summers in the Psalm 119 series. But before we do, here at God's Word Gives Hope, we have a little something to celebrate. We are celebrating 25 episodes. We're 25 episodes year old. How would you say that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we definitely have have grown some in all of this. (laughs) (laughs) It's so exciting, and we are so excited to be a part of celebrating with you guys. And so in order to do that, we have another giveaway that we want to do. Because we are 25 episodes old, um, we want to give away a $25 gift card to Amazon. But the way that you enter into that is share on one of our social media platforms, share one of our posts, and in your sharing, make sure you tag God's Word Gives Hope so that we see it. It bounces back to us, and we can write you down for this giveaway. And we just know that... It's more hope getting out into the world. It's more growing in the Word of God, and uh, we would love for you guys to join in with us. Yes, so help us celebrate 25, and here's to hoping that we get to celebrate 25 more. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Then we'll be 50 episodes old soon. (laughs) So, okay, back to our Summer in the Psalms, though. That's why we're here. Um, Here's how the series is going to work. We will cover eight verses of Psalm 119 each week for a few weeks. Um, This may take about five summers or so to finish, but we are really excited to be on this journey through Psalm 119 with you. The blog will highlight one verse of the verses we will be discussing and go deeper with that verse. The blog's verse will be specific prayer requests that David makes all throughout Psalm 119. But before we dive in each week, we want to give you some fun psalms trivia and nuggets that will enhance your understanding as you engage the psalms, and in particular, Psalms 119. Okay, so we're going to get started. Um, So there's some interesting background on Psalm 119. You know, uh, David is quite the prolific writer, and he uses lots of different phrases to kind of all point back to the same thing. So he uses words like, commandments, statutes, decrees, laws, depending on the version that you're reading as well, you might see more or less of those words. But what are all those things pointing back to, Janae? They are pointing back to God's word. Exactly. So David, in every way, in these Psalms are all encompassing, focusing on the word of God, its impact in his life, and just his heart and desire to move forward in it. Something also kind of fun about Psalm 119 is it is by far the longest psalm. It has a 176 verses. So that's kind of like, you know, one of those songs that like keeps going on and on and on. So my kids (laughs) tell me that my generation from the 80s, that the music from the 80s just like won't find its place, won't land the plane, won't end the song. But Psalms 119 is not that way. It Somehow David has this unique way of loving God's word and be able to communicate and bring in all these different things with similar aspects, but different all throughout. I love that. And it happens to have 
22 segments with eight verses with each segment. And 22 happens to also correspond with the letters of the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet specifically. And so each of those eight verse segments is actually assigned a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. That's right. And so most translations will have at the beginning of each eight verses the alphabet that, you know, coincides with that. Um, Some do not, but most will. And so we're going to talk about the Hebrew alphabet a little bit each week because it is fascinating to study it. Each letter has its own rich, deep meaning and symbolism with um, the Jewish culture. So let's get started. And with our first eight verses this week falls under the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is Aleph. A-L-E-P-H-N. That's the way you spell it in English anyway. So each letter of the Hebrew alphabet is also assigned a numeric value. And Aleph represents the number one and God's oneness. Hmm. The Lord God is one. This is a fundamental belief for the Jewish people and for us as Christ followers. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, after Moses has given the Israelites the Ten Commandments, there are some additional words that God wanted conveyed to them. And in verse 4, has become known as the Shema, a prayer that is often said in Jewish community. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Each letter of the Hebrew alphabet also has a symbol or a visual image that represents the letter. And if you're familiar with the Hebrew alphabet, you understand what this might be, what this might mean. But if you're not, the Hebrew alphabet is not like the English alphabet. It is more like the Arabic uh, languages or the Asian languages. So it doesn't look anything like our alphabet. And you have different strokes and different shapes. So, ironically enough, the graphic form of the letter has three parts. And I say ironically because you would think, since its meaning is one, that it would be a one-stroke letter. But it is three, and it represents the symbol of a ladder. And if you could envision, now I know some of you younger generations might not understand this, but a lowercase cursive letter T with a couple of extra little marks. So not just the one crossbar, but a couple of other crossbars. And it rep- the symbol represents a ladder. And I'm going to talk about more about that in just a minute. But Jewish tradition takes the three strokes to represent Yahweh, Israel, and the Torah. But for Christ followers, three is symbolic of the unity between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Or we also might see the connection and the unity between God, His Word, and His church. But again, in context of the letter, Aleph's meaning, being one, has that beautiful symbol of unity. So even though the letter actually has three strokes, there's symbolism of unity behind those strokes. So real quick before we dive into the verses, the shape for Aleph symbolically represents a ladder and is believed to represent a connection between heaven and earth. So Jewish tradition relies primarily on the law, which we're going to see in our study with Psalms, to uh, connect with God. 
While for us as Christ followers, we believe that God's word is a connection to us, but we also believe that the word became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. And through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we have this understanding of God's truth in such a way that brings the realities of heaven here on earth, as we talked about in episode 20. That is so fascinating, and I really look forward to hearing more on the Hebrew alphabet, but we're going to go ahead and get started with today's verses. So I'm going to read verse 1 through 8 in the ESV. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. So our very first verse starts with this word blessed, or blessed, as Janae and I were laughing as we learned to pronounce growing up in the old school Baptist church. And I think, honestly, we could probably do an entire podcast just on that word because it is so rich. Um, It's actually the first word that starts the entire book of Psalms. And if the word sounds familiar in biblical ways, um, it's probably because you're thinking about an important, important teaching from Jesus called the Beatitudes. Blessed is the Hebrew word esher, and it means joyful or happy. So who is existing in this joyful or happy state? Well, at first glance, it could sound like people who get it right all the time and are perfect, (laughs) right? You read that, and at a glance, that's what it could sound like. And for being realistic, um, that doesn't sound realistic at all. But uh, how can we walk every step blameless? Well, let's clarify a few of these words by kind of going back to their root. So here, way kind of means course of life. The walk is an action or implies that you are taking an act towards something. And blameless here means complete and lacking nothing. And so the law, again, as we learned earlier, is talking about the instruction of God's word. So I actually pulled up the message version to kind of see how that's written in more um, normal, everyday language. And it says, you're blessed or joyful when you stay on course walking steadily on the road revealed by God. And all that means really is, as your effort is going towards the right things, you are being directed by the word of God, you will be in a place of joy and completeness. I love that. Well, verse two continues the blessing with, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. We are blessed when we take God's word and we keep it. And next week, we're going to talk more about how God's word is like a treasure. And the word keep means to preserve and the sense of holding on to it as opposed to ignoring it or tossing it aside. So we keep God's word and then the blessing covers those who seek him with their whole heart as well. So this part of the first commandment, Jesus said, that was the most important to love God with our whole being, our mind, our body, and our heart, David is connecting the idea of keeping God's word as a part of seeking God wholeheartedly. 
I love that. And this blessing idea continues into verse 3 as well because it's talking about those also who do no wrong but walk in his ways. And this, again, is just a continued echo about what we talked about in verse 1, that our efforts are towards the path that God has laid out in front of us and that we take action to actually do the things that his word says to do. Hmm. Well, verse 4 echoes verse 3 by saying that you have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. So where verse 3 is saying... There is a blessing for those who keep the commandments. David's reminding us that God has actually asked us to follow his commandments. Well, Psalms 119 is scattered with David's prayer request, and I I mentioned to that a little bit earlier. And verses 5 and 6 is covered in the blog this week. So if you want to dive deeper with that, I encourage you to go there. But verse 5 is one of those prayer requests. And then verse 6 kind of explains why David asked that request. I'm going to reread it um, for us today out of the Amplified. Oh, that my ways may be established to observe and keep your statues obediently, accepting and honoring them. Then I will not be ashamed when I look with respect to all your commands as a guide. Well, verse 5 kind of hit home with me when I was uh, reading and meditating and studying this because um, it has the word, my one of my words for the year in it. Do you ever, Amy, ha- do the word for a year, pick a word for a year? Yes, I do. And if that uh, language sounds a little foreign to you, um, just what we're talking about is that starting the year, asking the Lord just for um, a focus, a guidance, a, a where do you want me to grow and what are the things that I'm laying out in front of God and just asking, is there something that you want as a part of my focus for this year? And sometimes God uh, will give us a word or a thought to just, and it, usually you know it is because it comes up a lot in the first <laughs> few weeks and you're like, okay, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. I actually had two words this year and and I don't know if this is legal or not, but I actually gave God a word. Interesting. <laughs> okay, so the word that I felt like that kept coming to me was surrender. I just have a lot of new beginning and a lot of new things happening. Um, and surrender just seemed to be, I needed to surrender that. But right along with that, I was like, God, I need you to have the word. And that word is establish because I can't establish you know, on my own, this new business. I can't establish these other things like the podcast and other things. I need you to do that. And I felt like God said, that's right, and I will. So in verse 5, that is what David is alluding to, this establishing. He's asking God, establish me in your word in such a way that then I will reflect my my ways, my, my life will ref- reflect your word. And so that just really resonated with me because it's right on with um, I surrender and God establishes. Mm, so good. So what is your word for the year, Amy? If we can digress for a little bit more on that topic. Oh, that's, that's kind of a funny one. So I told God that I was good without a word for this year, that maybe I could just work on past words more. Um, because uh, for the last few years, I feel like God has really kept the word discipline in front of me, just becoming more disciplined in um, my time with him, seeking him, number of different areas in life. Um, and then I did say, you know, Lord, if there's going to be a word, could it be something like joy? 
<laughs> or peace yeah. or, you know, rest. Um, but no, I I actually didn't seek out a word this year, and I still felt like I received one from the Lord, and that word is undignified. Oh, that's different. It is different. I've, I've also was surprised and have just spent some time seeking God and praying around why this word um, continued to pop up and be a part of just a number of things in my life. And I think it's around this idea that I always want people to see me a certain way. If I'm just being completely honest, I want, um, I always want to appear a certain way. I am somebody who is cautious about the amount of space that I take up in certain circumstances or places. And I think this is God saying, I've called you to worship me. And it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. I've called you to do things that that may not make sense to everyone. I have called you to potentially look undignified. And I go back to this idea of David dancing and his wife being angry because he was doing something that in her mind was not the dignified position of a king. Mm-hmm. And, and David's just pouring his heart out. Whatever that looked like to everybody else around him, he was worshiping God. And so... That is my word. So if you happen to see me in church and I'm like ugly crying during worship, that's part of me trying to release my dignified status and allow myself to just exist undignified before the Lord. I love that. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) So in verses seven and eight, it says, I will praise you with an upright heart. I will learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. And we're reminded of three things in these final verses of this first section. One is that everything truly starts with praise. Second is that knowing the word of God is kind of where that praise will originate. It comes out of an upright heart because I have learned your righteous rules. I'm existing in this place. And the third thing is we really need divine help to walk this all out. Mm. Um, I deeply feel that cry of David in verse 8. I will do what your word says, but I need you. I cannot do this on my own. And even echoes the words of the father in the New Testament whose son was possessed. And Jesus told him, anything is possible for him who believes. And the father says, I believe, help my unbelief. And I feel that struggle in my own life, this I believe, help my unbelief. And I believe that studying the psalm is going to be a part of growing us in that belief. Right. And I believe that if you'll just join us over the next few weeks, that this will heighten your summer experience and also to tag on to uh, the two former episodes that we had on rest, um, resting in the Psalms and being in God's Word and making sure and being intentional um, Wherever you are in your season, you may not be listening to this in the summer when we release this, but during the summer, especially uh, in our discombobulated routines, we can get out of the routine of being in God's Word. We hope that the Psalms 119 will just be a refresh for you this summer. So don't forget to share one of these posts to be entered into our drawing for a $25 Amazon gift card. And um, and even more so, not the gift card, but just so that others can grow and receive the hope from the word. So now I'm gonna close with a reminder from Hebrews chapter 13. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. 
For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The connecting doesn't have to stop here. We would love to have you join us at the God's Word Gives Hope blog to go deeper with the verse we discussed today. If you would like to learn more about life and leadership coaching with Janae, visit JanaeShatleyCamp.com. Finally, we would love a chance to talk with you more. Find us on Instagram or Facebook. All of these links are posted in the About Us on our podcast.